Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today we are going to talk about Armageddon. We're going to talk about the day of the Lord, which is the final trumpets. It is one day. It is one evening and one morning. And this is the destruction of the tares and all of the grapes, all of those people that hate our Lord Jesus. They are all destroyed in one day. And that's what we're going to talk about. One of my favorite passages in the whole Bible. We're going to start Ezekiel 38, verse 1. I absolutely love these passages. And it's talking about the Russians. The Russians come down to attack little Israel, and Jesus returns and wipes them out. That's what it's talking about. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, that's Russia, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach. Meshach is two word changes from the ancient word Meshach. It is today Moscow. And Tobol, T-U-B-A-L, is three word changes to the modern word Tobolsk, which is the largest city in Russia. So we started Ezekiel 38.1. Meshach and Tubal, I prophesy against him and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I'm against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. In other words, he does not like the Russians. They are an evil, warring people from based upon what the Bible says here. And I will turn thee back, and I will put hooks in thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth in all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Now, I know some people have thought, oh, well, wait a minute, <laughs> this couldn't be modern warfare because they aren't going to be riding horses and bucklers and shields. Well, they will if they've run out of oil. And we believe that part of what we're going to read here in just a minute is that when we hit the massive amounts of oil in Israel, it will begin to dry the wells of the surrounding nations, specifically Russia, and they may very well be out of oil at this time. That's at least one theory of what we're talking about. Let's go on. Nevertheless, he brings them down. He puts a hook in their jaw, and he draws them down to, of course, there's another place where it says, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet, for these are the spirits of devils working miracles, going forth into the kings of the earth, out of the whole world to gather them to that great day of that battle of God Almighty, meaning Armageddon. So there are devils that are sent out to gather them first uh, as well. So anyway, Persia. Well, who's Persia? That would be today Iran. Ethiopia, well, they're still called Ethiopia. Libya, they're still called Libya. We know who they are. And all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer, that is Russia and parts of Russia and also parts of Turkey, uh, the western part of Turkey. And all his bounds, bands, the house of Tagarma, that's also the western or the eastern, excuse me, eastern part of Turkey, of the north quarters and all his bands and many people with these. So this is basically Russia and Turkey. Well, now, I think it's very interesting that Turkey just bought a bunch of S-400 missiles from the Russians, and this has upset America, and we were going to sell Turkey 100 F-35 fighters, which are the second most advanced fighter in the world. The number one would be the, uh, let's see, what is it, the, the stealthy one, which we don't let anybody have that, is my understanding. But nevertheless, so as a result of them buying these Russian missiles, we are not selling them any more of our advanced weapons. And there's a lot of talk about 
maybe Turkey needs to be booted out of NATO. All of that would be in line with this because at this point, when this happens, Turkey will be on the part, not on the side of Russia. <laughs> so all of a sudden, the right nations are falling onto the right lines to be doing this battle. Verse 7, be thou prepared and prepare for thyself thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee and be thou a guard unto them. For many days thou shalt be visited, here is a very important part, in the latter years. So those people want to say, oh, no, 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 this happened a long time ago. No, it didn't. I'm going to show you several places in here. This is unfulfilled prophecy. In the latter years, thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword. Well, that would be Israel, because Israel was scattered all around the world, and then she was brought back and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of Israel. So there is no question, this is the Russians, along with Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, Turkey, all of them coming down to attack little Israel. And this is Armageddon. This is the day of the Lord. This is uh, one evening and one morning. All of this happens on the Feast of Trumpets, which have always been waste but is brought back from the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. Okay, see, it's unfulfilled prophecy. Is Israel dwelling safe today? Oh, no, no. They have lots of walls and bars and gates today. So this is at a time that Israel has defeated them. This is after World War III. World War III is when Israel emerges the great victory. She gets back all of her land from the Euphrates all the way over to the Nile, and probably including most, if not all, of Saudi Arabia. Thou shall ascend and come like a storm. Now, that kind of makes me think of, you know, the paratroopers jumping out of the airplanes with their, uh, their parachutes and things like that. And thou shall be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall come to pass at that same time. Thou shall, things shall come into thy mind. And thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, Ah, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. And I will go to them that are at rest, and those that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Well, that's not Israel. Israel has lots of walls, bars, and gates. Now let's talk about what is the land of unwalled villages. In Revelation 12, 12, it says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Now, this takes place in the middle of the seven-year tribulation. And when the dragon saw that it was cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, that's Israel, which brought forth the man-child, that's Jesus. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that's not America, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. I believe that when we hit oil in Israel, one of the things that I want to ask Israel for is a place down in the Negev, the southern part of Israel, or maybe even over closer to the Jordan area, maybe a little east from that, but God will show me. And we want to say, we would like for you to give us, we'll work out some kind of deal in exchange for oil, we'd like for you to give us portions of land in Israel to be able to bring the Christians and the Jews back. And actually, here's what I want to say. We will bring the Christians back. We'll pay and Christians and the Jews. We'll bring them all back. Uh, we'll pay for all of their wherewithal to get here. We will help build places for the Christians to live. And then I want to be able to say we will, 
help the Christians and you help the Jews to wherever you're going to do whatever you're going to do with them. So we'll take the Jews and what I want to do, the part of my daily prayer, and I've been praying this, I don't know, for over 10 years every day, that you would let us build a land of unwalled villages, a place for the woman to flee. Now, what's that talking about? In the middle of the tribulation, when the Antichrist goes in and sets on the Ark of the Covenant, which is the golden throne, a golden covered chair, the throne of God, when he sets on that, that is committing the abomination of desolation. When he does that, Matthew 24, Jesus speaking, commanded them when they see that, that they are to run. Where do they run to? We believe that they will run straight south down to the real Mount Sinai that is actually located in Saudi Arabia, which is where Moses and all the people fled after they crossed through the Red Sea. And that's where they heard the audible voice of God for the first time. Now, let's go back to what it, this land of unwalled villages. To the woman were given two wings of great eagle, that's Israel, when they see the abomination of desolation, when they see the Antichrist set on the Ark of the Covenant, they run. I believe that they'll run straight south, and she is nourished for a time, that's a year, times, that's two years, and half a time. So it's a total of three and a half years that they are supernaturally nourished, supernaturally taken care of in the, in the land of unwalled villages for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. Half a time from the face of the serpent, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Meaning that as they have seen the Ark of the Covenant being set on by the Antichrist, that's the abomination, that's the abomination of desolation, so they all flee. They're fleeing south and down the, through those wadis, through those ravines with those really high ridges where the water through these thousands of years have, has washed out big gullies. Well, what it's saying is that the dragon or the serpent will cause a big flood. And yes, the devil has that kind of power. And the earth will form a crack, swallow up the water. And then as a result, this is what it's about to say, that the devil is then upset and angry, so he goes back to Jerusalem to cause problems for those people that keep the commandments of God. That's what it's about to say. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, that's Israel, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. By the way, being a remnant, not good. Not good. The remnant are those people that did not obey Jesus. When they saw the abomination of desolation, they did not flee, as Matthew 24 tells them to. So when people say, oh, the remnant uh, or the, the remnant of Christ or the, the remnant of the bride of Christ, the remnant, being, you don't want to be a remnant. You want to be an overcomer. The overcomer is the one that did not obey the Antichrist. And when they saw the abomination of desolation, when the image of the beast is saying, everybody got to fall down and worship him, they did not obey. Instead, they ran south. They fled Consequently, for the last three and a half years, they are supernaturally protected by the hand of God. The dragon was wroth with the woman, went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. You want to be an overcomer. You do not want to do what the, the beast, the Antichrist, what this very handsome and intelligent man that is ruling the world at that time, you do not want to do what he tells you to do. You want to be and overcomer. Now let's go back to Ezekiel. Thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. 
I go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. So what I want to do when we hit oil is to ask Israel to give me a plot of land and bring the Christians and Jews, the outcasts, back from around the world because for Armageddon, there's basically two groups of people, the world and then the believers, Christians and Jews, that live in Israel, meaning there will be a time when the Spirit of God will tell us, you and me, as you're listening to me, I promise this will happen. He will tell us to leave America. God, what is it, 12 or 13 verses that back that up. But let's keep going. Verse 12, to take a spoil, to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, upon the people that are gathered out of the nations. That's the outcasts being brought back, and I believe that's one of the things God is going to let me do. Which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Well, if you've been to Israel, and I have about 14 times, you don't see many cattle over there. You don't find many steaks. Their steaks are just, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. They're nowhere close to the kind of steaks that you find in America. They're not famous for great steaks. So when it says cattle and goods, I think that's saying that this is the American Christians, that as they move over, they bring their cattle and goods, and they know how to build and things. Sheba and Dedan is talking about uh, Saudi Arabia. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, that's probably talking about the Brits or England, with all the young lions thereof, in other words, all of their nations that were once part of the British Empire, the young lions, okay? So when it says Tarshish, it's talking about the big lion and then all of the other lions or the young lions that are part of their kingdom. Tarshish, with all the young lions thereof, shall say to thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Meaning that when the Russians and the Turkish and Iran and Ethiopia and these other nations come down to attack Israel, little Israel, this is the Battle of Armageddon, the Brits don't stand up and help. Sheba and Dedan just says, hey, what are you doing? Okay, as in Saudi Arabia, they say, what are you doing? Now, that does not necessarily mean that they have not been taken over by Israel at that time. It is my belief that there's a high probability that a large portion of Saudi Arabia will be captured and given to Israel. Let's go on. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto God, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day, when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts. Well, what is north of Israel? Well, you keep going north and you run into Russia. Thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company, a mighty army, and thou shalt come against my people Israel. Now, again, people have said, well, you don't fight a modern war with horses. Well, you do if you run out of oil. <laughs> you do if the sun just got seven times hotter and fried all of the skin on the earth, no matter what color you were, now all skin on the earth is black. I read that yesterday. Uh, you do if that's the only means of transportation you have. And thou shalt come up against my people Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days. That's the second time it's told us latter days. And I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me. Well, who's the heathen? In other words, those people that do not know Jesus. When I shall be sanctified in thee, O God, before their eyes. Thus saith the Lord God, 
Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? In other words, this is the Spirit of God, and he's also loosing the devils to drag Russia and all of her buddies down to attack Israel so that he can destroy them, so that he can get his name to be sanctified in the eyes of all nations. And it should come to pass at that time, when God shall, when Gog, that's G-O-G, when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury, this is important, shall come up in my face. That means the morning star. That's the light sword. The breath of his now, uh, mouth, when he brandishes his sword, he blows light, this light sword, out of his mouth. And that's the reason it says, as lightning shineth even from the east unto the west, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Meaning that if you were on earth, on this day, you would see these light swords. You would see it like, like lightning, except for it's straight. Okay, Lightning is like a laser beam, whoosh, 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 zipping through the air as he is hitting all of the tares and burning them all with the, the morning star. The morning star is a light sword, and as it hits a person, it turns them to ashes, killing both body and soul. They literally fall to the ground in a pile of ashes. Zechariah fourteen twelve says, And this should be the plague of those that fight against my people of Israel. Their eyes shall consume in their sockets. The tongue shall consume in their mouth. And the flesh shall consume off of their bones. And all of this happens before the soldier can even hit the ground. That's the morning star. That's not nuclear. That's the morning star. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, again, that's the morning star, have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Okay, let's talk about this shaking because that's actually a timestamp that tells us, that confirms when this happens, this happens on the day of the Lord. This happens on trumpets. This is the day that Jesus arrives to shake, to shake terribly the earth. This is the day that every mountain falls, every valley is filled in. The crooked places are made straight and the rough places are made smooth, meaning the entire earth is shaken so desperately that every wall falls, every mountain falls, everything smooths in, and the earth, and that there is no more sea. The earth turns into a nice, round, smooth ball. That happens on the day of trumpets, the day of the Lord. That's what he's talking about. So let's keep on. Surely in that day there should be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven means that's when the sea fills in. That's where everything in the sea dies. That I mean, three days before then, it's when he poured out the, what is it? The second vial turns the sea into blood, became as the blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. And that's the second vial. So this happens five days before. So everything in the sea is already dead. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all the creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. And all the mountains shall be thrown down. The steep places shall fall. Every wall shall fall. This is the day of the Lord. Now let's jump to Matthew 24. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. 
Again, so if Jesus didn't return, no flesh would be saved. So mankind is near total annihilation. Now let's jump to Revelation sixteen eighteen, And there were voices, thunderings, lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon, that's America, came in remembrance before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. Again, there's a great shaking. The earth is totally smoothed out into a nice round smooth ball, and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent, that's about 75 pounds. That's about the size of a beach ball. And men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now, what could cause great hail the size of beach balls, 75 pounds in weight, what could cause that to fall out of the sky? Well, what happens is in the fifth vial, the seat of the beast is full of darkness. The fourth vial, the sun gets seven times hotter, Isaiah thirty twenty six, and then it novas, it goes out. In the fifth vial, the whole earth is black as sackcloth of hair. Well, 48 hours later, when there's nothing keeping the earth warm, outer space is minus 455 degrees Fahrenheit. So in 48 hours, the earth has fallen in temperature so cold that all atmosphere, uh, excuse me, all moisture in the atmosphere then is frozen. So consequently, it falls out of the atmosphere, which is all around the earth. And according to several scientists that I was able to Google, say that if this were to happen, of course, that's the way they talk, that it would be anywhere from three to seven foot deep of these 75-pound hail. So it's really bad. Now let's go back to Ezekiel 39, verse 4. Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands and the people that are with thee, and I will give thee to the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it. And I will send fire on Magog, again, that's morning star, and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles. Now let's jump to Revelation 19.11. It's saying the same thing. This is talking about what it's like when Jesus returns. And those that are ready that went to the marriage supper of the Lamb about four months before this get to return with him on white horses. And we get to watch our Lord and Savior destroy his enemies. Revelation 19.11, and I saw heaven opened. I've already explained to you that what is actually happening there is eternity enters time. And that's when the heavens are rolled back like a scroll. It's kind of like a zipper. All of a sudden, eternity just opens up time and eternity steps in. This is Jesus returning, stepping out of eternity into time. I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written which no man knows but he himself. He was clothed in a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. The armies, that's us, which were in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that's the morning star, that with it he should smite the nations, and he should rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture 
and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So down, and, and something, I, I get the feeling it's on his left side. On his left side is written from his shoulder down across his breast, down to his leg, down to about knee level, What is what I see. It says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In other words, he is no longer lamb. He is now lion. He's no longer prince of the kings of the earth. He is no longer lamb of God. He is now king of kings and lord of lords. I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come, gather yourselves together under the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains, and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses, and them that sat on them. And the flesh of all men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beast. There you go. That's the Antichrist. And the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and his army. This, brothers and sisters, is Armageddon. And the beast was taken. And with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that had worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake burning with fire and brimstone. And the remnant, here it is, here it is, were slain with the sword of him that sat on the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth. That's the morning star. And all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Now, later on, it says that it takes them seven months to eat all the people killed in this one battle. Now, let's jump to Ezekiel 39, 17. And thou, son of man... Thus saith the Lord God, Speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field, Assemble yourselves and come. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice, that I do sacrifice for you. Even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood, that you may eat the flesh of the mighty, drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams and lambs, of goats and bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan, that you may eat fat till you be full, and drink blood till you be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. In other words, Jesus kills all of the tares, all of the evil people in the evening they are, and the morning they are not. Thus you shall be filled at my table. And all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed, and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I and the Lord their God from that day forward. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought he just killed all of the sinners. No. You remember the nations are those people that did not take the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either. And this is the day that they are told, you are allowed to live up to 1,000 years, but you will be ruled over with a rod of iron, meaning you break one law and you will be destroyed body and soul there and then. And that's what happens if they break one law. That's the nations. Then a morning star judge shows up. The speed of thought hits some of the morning star. They fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones. Back in 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me the word first fruits is actually a secret door linking the feast of Leviticus to the prophecies of Revelation, allowing the end time events to be placed in chronological order as never before. One prophetic word said it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time into obsolete books. That's this book. One for 20, don't do that. Five for 30, 10 for 55, or a case of 60 for $250 at 
prophecyclub.com. One for 20, five for 30, 10 for 55, prophecyclub.com. Gives you extras to give away to your friends. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. The summer blowout is now in effect. This amazing offer is only offered for a brief time each summer. Right now, you can get 50 DVDs for a gift of $250. That's 5 bucks each. 25 for $160, $640 each. 15 for $120, $8 each. 10 for $100, $10 each. 6 for $70, $1160 each. 4 for $50, $1250 each. Or 2 for $30, obviously $15 each. A single DVD is a gift of $30. See the selection of over 230 DVDs at prophecyclub.com bookstore. Or download our catalog. Note your selections, but you have to call our office, 785-266-1112, to place your order. You have to call 785-266-1112. And this is probably going to be the last summer we make this offer. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. Prophecyclub.com, 785-266-1112. 785-266-1112. 